Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features two episodes of Buck Rogers and two episodes of Flash Gordon. All of them originally aired in the 1930s. Buck Rogers in the 25th century! And the shower of silver dollars from Popsicle Pete's Money Box. Now, without wasting any time, we're going to pick up our story on the surface of the moon, just as Buck and Wilma discovered that they'd been tricked by Killer Kane and Ardella. Now, here we go, 500 years into the future. Uh, a rocket ship, it's gone. Oh, that rocket blast knocked me over. Here, get up quick. Kane and Ardella must have hidden behind some of these rocks out here, and they sneaked into our ship as soon as we left it. Buck, they've got the Hewer aboard with them. We've got to go after them. Right. We'll use the ship of Kane's. Well, go ahead. Get into it and take the controls. I said that a chase between these two equal ships was of no use. But this time, there's nothing else to do. Here now. Close the metal door and we'll get underway. Can you still see our blue ship in the teleradioscope, Adela? Yes, Kane. Buck and Wilma have just gone into it. So they can head right out here after us, of course. We'll wait until they take off their spacesuits to operate the controls. What did you do? Left a slow generating gas pot under the control seat. It'll poison them before they know what's happened to them. Good work. Say, you must have hit Dr. Hewer pretty hard while he was getting out of his spacesuit. See, he's still out cold. Then we won't need to worry about him for a while. As a matter of fact, from now on, he can do all the work. How do you mean? Hewer's next job will be to invent a new weapon. For me. And it will have to be something I can use to hold planet to its knees in a single stroke. Isn't that asking a lot, Kane? For a man like you, huh? No, no. What I'm thinking of is trying to persuade him to do it. I have an idea that when I show him how much he can accomplish under my direction, he may be perfectly willing to play along with us. All right. Now, where are we headed for? Adela, we're going to Enceladus. That's one of the moons of Saturn, isn't it? Yes, it's one of the least known moons of Saturn. Mm-hmm. But I've decided that it will provide a good nucleus for the organization I will build up to carry out my plans. Why pick Enceladus? Because there we can work without any chance of being disturbed or interfered with. Oh. That sounds logical. Oh, my head. Wait, here was coming, too. Look, look, where are you? Wilma. <laughs> Shall I throw some water on his face? No, let him come out of it in his own sweet way. Killer. Killer Kane. Hello, you are. How are you? So, what have you done? Where are Buck and Wilma? I'm sorry, Dr. Hewitt. Adela. But I'm afraid it was necessary to leave them uh, stranded down on the moon. Stranded? Well, uh... Yes. Yes, the power control on that blue ship down there is out of water. Oh. Now, how do you feel? As good as could be expected under the circumstances. Do you really care? You are. I'm a man of few words. So I'm going to speak bluntly. Well? You know what my plans for conquest of the solar system amount to. Or at least you ought to know by this time. Yes, Kane. I know your wild ideas only too well. Now, wait a minute. Yes. Nobody realizes any more than I do your capabilities as a scientist. In short, with your cooperation, the conquest I desire will be easy. And if you seriously stop to think about it, you'll realize that working with me will not only give you more wealth than you've ever dreamed of, but a chance to make scientific progress such as you've never had before. The whole solar system will be your laboratory. You will be the greatest scientist who ever lived. Kane, I'm not the least bit interested in what you're saying. Huh? Nothing under heaven could ever persuade me to be a partner to your crime. You are. Either you'll come along with me, or you'll die. As Rogers and Wilma have died. What? What, what are you talking about? You heard what I said. But before you said... You only said that the ship you left the, left them in back there on the moon was disabled. Of course, so you wouldn't feel any animosity toward me when I made my little proposition to you. Do you think I'm a fool? Why, 
What good would disabling their ship do us? No, you are. Our little situation required somewhat more drastic measures. What? What did you do? Beneath your dear friend Buck's control seat is a small beaker of chemicals, which right now are generating a deadly gas. Oh. In other words, when he and Wilma take off their spacesuits to operate that ship, it will begin to have its effect on them. Not too quickly, either. So they'll have no warning until it's too late. Clever, huh? You're not human. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Jane, you, you're a monster. Yes, you are. And I'll give you the same medicine if you try to cross me. Now use your head, you old fogey. You've got a decision to make. On the one hand, wealth, fame, and power. On the other, burial and outer space. Well? Will you play along with me? Never. Let me hit that radio, you know. Sure. I've got to warn them. Get away from the radio! Nice work with the paralysis ray, Adela. I congratulate you. Thanks, Kane. Whether you'll admit it or not, Hewer was in a fair way of knocking you down. I wouldn't say exactly that. But the old boy does pack more of a wallop than I gave him credit for. But it's the last one he'll ever throw. Mm, but now listen. Well? I can't seem to spot it on the viewplate now. Perhaps because we're out of range. Enceladus? No, the rocket ship we left on the moon. Just before you and Hewer started to scrap, I saw it take off. Maybe your little trick hasn't worked after all. So soon? Of course not. Knowing Rogers, I know that he'd take off after us without waiting to remove his spacesuit. But as he certainly wouldn't continue to fly with it on, or Wilma either. And when they do remove them, they'll have nothing more to worry about. Me, Wilma, that's the fastest takeoff we ever made. Now, let's get out of these spacesuits so we won't have to talk by radio. Are we going in the same direction that Kane took? Yeah. So spot his ship in the teleradioscope as fast as you can. Hard to tell what focusing range to... Oh, there. There it is. Good. I see it. And we're going straight after it. Thank goodness he's flying a straight course, though. Huh? Notice how clouds of cosmic dust keep interfering with the vision on this viewplate? Yeah. Too bad he got such a head start on us. But, Wilma, he's heading straight out toward Mars or Saturn. They happen to be in line with each other. Now I can't see your ship at all. Look, if he swings around out there very much, we're going to lose him, do you know it? Well, we don't need to. We can hook in the gas analyzer and automatically follow his rocket trail. Great. I'll get it for you right away. Get it for me? Sure. Out of this cabinet over here. But it's right here on the control board. See these dials? There. Turned it on. Then what's this unit here on this shelf? Oh, that's just an auxiliary unit in case this one gets out of order. Leave it there. Oh. See? These dials register 3, 1.7, and 32.1. Uh-huh. King's rocket trail, all right. From now on, this ship will follow it automatically. Good. But say, let's get out of these space suits. Yes, let's. Breathing condensed air gets tiresome. They're not exactly comfortable in the control cabin, either. Unsnap my helmet clamps for me. Sure. No, no, wait a second. Where are you going? You didn't close the door of this cabinet tight. For that, you can open your own helmet. All right. Anything to breathe pure air again. Wait, stop. Huh? Keep on that helmet. Are you trying to get me? Ouch! Told you to keep that helmet on. You see that auxiliary gas analyzer there in the cabinet? What's the matter, Buck? Cyanogen gas. Something very much like it here in this control cabin. What? According to dial one on this analyzer, it's slowly been getting stronger and stronger in here. Right now, there's enough to kill us instantly. Buck! More of Killer Kane's work. Somewhere in this control cabin, here, here it is. See this beaker? Right under your control seat. Yes. Pouring out a gas intended to get us the minute we took off our spacesuits. Snap your helmet clamps tight again. What are you going to do? Throw this beaker out the main metal door. While we're tearing along like this? Yes, sir. Look. You feel the air in this cabin rush out when I open that door? Yes, Buck. The pressure in here is returning to normal again. Well, that helped to clear the gas out, too. Thank heaven for the auxiliary gas analyzer. Yes. Yes, it's back to normal again. Well... And we can take off these helmets safely. I'm almost afraid to. No, it's okay now. Here, I'll help you. There. There you are. Here goes my helmet. Now that it's all over, Buck, I feel sort of funny. Yeah, I know what you mean. If you really think about it, it was a pretty close call for us. Too close. Killer Kane and Ardella won't stop at anything. The president was right, Buck, when he said that this is the most dangerous assignment he ever gave us. And we're seeing it through. 
We know how far Killer Kane will go to get what he wants, so we're going to play mighty safe every step of the way. But we're not going to waste any time. We can't waste any time. Keep the power on full. Dr. Hewer is a prisoner aboard their ship, Buck. After what they tried to do to us. Don't worry, Wilma. We'll get to him. We're on a clear rocket trail that can't miss. Maybe these two ships are exactly alike. But there are a few tricks of navigation that even Killer Kane doesn't know. Yes, and I'll bet Buck and Wilma do get to Dr. Hewer and rescue him from the arch-criminals. But how? And I wonder what Buck meant when he said that there are a few tricks of navigation that Killer Kane doesn't know. Well, I'm afraid we'll have to wait for the next episode. Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. And the shower of silver dollars from Popsicle Pete's money box. Well, sir, it looks at the moment as though Killer Kane and Ardela, the arch criminals, are one up on Buck and Wilmer. To begin with, they succeeded in stealing Buck's super rocket ship and Dr. Hewer with it. Now they're flying at top speed through outer space toward one of the ten moons of the planet Saturn. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles behind them, Buck and Wilma doggedly follow the criminal's rocket trail, determined to rescue Dr. Hewer at any cost. But now let's pick up our story in the rocket ship of Kane and Ardela. Here we go, 500 years into the future. You are still under the influence of the paralysis ray, Adela? Yes, Kane. He's still out cold, back in the storage compartment. Good. Now, we've left Mars far behind. And the moons of Saturn are dead ahead of us. From the minute we land on the one called Enceladus, we start building our organization. Enceladus, huh? Right. It's one of the least known moons of Saturn. So we'll be perfectly safe there. If we aren't being followed out here. Nobody's seen us. How could we be? By a rocket plane equipped with a gas analyzer. All right, Adela. I hadn't thought of it. Well, it's about time you did. Don't let it worry you. Watch. Why'd you cut the power? What are you going to do? Before cutting the power, I swung us wide from our course. Huh? Hey, take it easy, will you? Pipe down and hold tight to your control seat. By the time I'm through, there isn't a gas analyzer in existence that will be able to follow the trail of this ship. Hey, let me know when you're going to do that, will you? This is something that even your dear departed friend Rogers wouldn't have thought of. James Rocket's trail still leads in the direction of Mars and Saturn, Buck. Yeah. Two more hours of flying at this speed, and we should be able to spot his ship in the teleradioscope. I'll try another look on the viewplate now. Yeah, go ahead. Well, how about it? Oh, I guess we're just not close enough yet. Or else there's too much cosmic dust in the way. Well, don't worry about it. As long as this rocket trail holds out, there's nothing... Wilma. What's the matter, Buck? The rocket trail has stopped. But we've got to keep on Killy Kane's track. Now look. What? Now the dials register again. Yes, I'm like that, Oh, sir, it can mean only one thing. Huh? Kane has deliberately swerved his ship around to make a crooked trail. Listen to our motors as we follow it. It doesn't make very comfortable flying. No, it doesn't. But... Now look, the trail has gone completely. Can't you pick it up again? I'm afraid not, Wilma. This is one of Kane's old tricks, and believe me, a clever one. Out here, where there's no air friction, his momentum is enough to carry him literally thousands of miles between short bursts of power. Maybe hundreds of thousands of miles. Adela, things are working out beautifully. Yes, Kane? While you were giving your another dose of the paralysis ray, I contacted the king of Enceladus by radio. Good. His name is Cortex, and I told him that we are Rogers and Wilma. No. That we're coming to see him on important official business. Did Cortex ever know Buck and Wilma? He's heard about them, but never seen them. Marvelous. Now, we'll land at his capital in a few minutes. 
on the private landing platform atop this palace. Oh, the king has been impressed with our importance even before he's seen it. Exactly. Thinking that we're Rogers and Wilma, he's all ready to eat right out of our hands. Kane, I hand it to you. You certainly have a pretty little way of pulling the wool over people's eyes and making them like it. Forget it. Are you sure you gave your enough of the paralysis ray to keep him out of trouble? He's saturated with it. Can't even wiggle his ears. Good. Now, see? There's the capital right below us. I'll cut the power and coast to a landing. Somebody down there waiting for us on that platform. Yes, it must be King Korak. Hang on now. Now, don't forget, I'm Rogers and you're Wilma. Okay, let's get out. Welcome. Welcome to Enceladus, the most progressive moon of Saturn, Captain Rogers. Uh, how are you, Korak? Uh, Mate, uh... Lieutenant Wilma Derrick. Oh, greetings. How do you do, Your Majesty? I am honored in having you here. Yes, sir, honored. Well, let's not waste time with formalities, Carax. Where can we talk? Why, uh, right through this door here in my private study. Lieutenant? Thank you. Here. Here we can be comfortable and undisturbed. Fine. This will make good headquarters for the work we'll have to do while we're here. While I think of it, Captain... Well? uh, I understand that when you and Lieutenant Wilma visited the moons of Saturn before, you brought along a gentleman who was a very wonderful scientist. The man who developed the system of government under which our moons now function. Oh, he means Dr. Hewer. Yes, that's it, Dr. Hewer. Where's he now? Why, uh, he came with us. Oh, yes. But uh, on the way, he... Uh, developed a, a strange illness that has, shall we say, rendered him totally unconscious. How terrible. Uh, right now, he is in our rocket plane, so I don't want anyone to go near it. You all must have complete and undisturbed rest. Well, uh, isn't there something we can do for him? Nothing, Corax, except leave him entirely alone. Whatever you say, I'm sure you know what is best for him. Right. Now, let's get down to business. Yes. Yes, Captain Rogers. Huh? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, now, Ardell, uh, Lieutenant Wilma and I are here as delegates of the Interplanetary Council of Science. Yes. Our scientists have discovered that a large, unexplored planet far out of the solar system is planning to invade all the others with which we've established contact. Oh. In any event, Korax, our job is to organize a space fleet that will be the most powerful ever assembled. Of course, of course, I can see that. And we must have an army composed of every able man on every moon of Saturn. That army will be under my leadership, of course. Of course. And, uh, Captain, I shall waste no time in informing the kings of the other Saturnian moons that you are here and that they are to take all orders from you. And you believe they'll cooperate? Oh, no question about it, none. Everybody knows what you and Lieutenant Wilma and Dr. Hewell did for us when you were here before. Fine, fine. Now, when you inform the kings of the magnificent project we're about to undertake, tell them they must immediately affect censorship of all interplanetary news channels. Why that, Captain? Corax, no one outside of the council and the people of the Saturnian moons know what is going on. What? Why, on the other planets, it would cause nothing short of panic. Oh, I see. Now, before going any further... I want it understood that you are to be my official representative. Oh, well, that is an honor I'm afraid I, I don't deserve. Don't be so modest, Corrad. Well, thank you. You will receive any and all delegates from the other moons that are involved in our plans. It will save me a great deal of time. I, I shall serve you to the best of my ability. And if you'll pardon me, I, I think I'll contact the other kings right away. Fine, fine. As long as this is going to be our headquarters... We'll stay right here. Oh, certainly. By all means. Well, uh, I'm glad that part of the job is over. It certainly swallowed everything you said, Kane. Call me Buck. Okay. You know, Buck and Wilma apparently rated pretty high with these folks. They're willing to do anything you say. Well, compared to us people, these folks are all a bunch of weaklings. Shout at them once or twice, and they'll do anything you say. But why did you want Korax to arrange it so you wouldn't have to receive the other thing, King? I should think you'd want to talk to them personally. Some of them might remember our faces from our previous visit. Then we'd be in hot water. Okay. Now, what's the next step? We're going to put these people to work building spaceships. I see. With all the manpower that's available, it should be only a matter of days before we'll have a powerful enough space fleet to face anybody in the solar system who might try to make trouble for us. Calling Black Barney, 
Buck Rogers calling Black Barney. If you land on Mars, whether you get him or not, Buck. But if we don't have to land, it'll save us a lot of space traveling. That's true. Calling Black Barney. Hello. Uh, hello, Captain Rogers. Uh, how are you? Hello, Barney. Why, uh, I haven't heard from you since we got back from exploring under the earth. But, uh, I understand you're looking for Killer Kane and our dealer. Right. Have you seen any sign of him? Yes, sir. And I don't think you'd better waste any time if you want to catch him. You know where they are? Well, Captain, with them crooks on the loose, the minute I got back here to Mars, I got everything all organized out and faced up a fleet of space patrol. Yes. And just yesterday, one of the pilots seen a strange super rocket ship flying out towards a little plasteroid. Well, you mean planetoid? Yeah, yeah, plasteroid. It lays about 14 points west of here in the same orbit as Mars has. Good. With this teleradioscope and sharp focus, uh, he could see that with Killer Kane heading right towards Saturn. Great. So you sent patrol ships after it. Well, Captain, I, uh, I was sort of afraid to... What? You mean you let him get away? Well, Captain, in, uh, in getting things all organized out in such a hurry, I, I forgot to equip any of my patrol ships with rocket guns or, or anything. Well, poor old Barney. But at least our friends are on the trail again. Presenting the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. Thrilling adventures come to you as they are pictured each Sunday in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. The big Comic Weekly, each page printed in full colors, is distributed everywhere as an integral part of your Hearst Sunday newspapers. For the benefit of those who may not have heard the earlier episodes, Flash Gordon and Dale Arden were thrown onto the new planet Mongo. The two Americans were sent to the prison city of the Hawkmen. In a tournament of death, Flash Gordon wins the unconquered kingdom of the caves and sets out to subdue his domain. We now follow Flash Gordon in his conquest of the kingdom of the caves. Having picked up a company of King Voltan's hawkmen, the huge rocket ship bearing Flash and Dale to their new kingdom heads for the yawning mouth of Kira, the wild and forbidding cave world. Following Ming's map and instructions, Captain Khan steers a course for the stronghold of Zug, chief of the cavemen. The ship leaves the gloom of the first cave and enters another, colossal in size and brilliantly lighted. They land and get out of the rocket ship. Well, Dale, we're here. What a huge cave. And look at all those little holes in the side. Those must be the dwellings of my subjects. A Khan. Is all my kingdom like this? I've never been inside before, Your Majesty. Nobody has ever explored this strange underground world. Look, men are coming out of those holes in the cliff. And what fierce-looking men. That powerful-looking red-headed giant must be their leader. We'll break the news to him, Your Majesty. Uh, me, me chief here. Why you come, huh? Bend your knee, O red-haired one. This is King Flash the First, ruler of Kira, the cave world. By order of Ming the Merciless, Emperor of Mongo. No. No, King. Me chief. Me kill him. Look out, Flash. Drop that stone act, you fool. Yeah. This is a ray pistol which can dissolve you into pieces. Wait, come. I'll not rule any man I can't beat in fair combat. You stronger. You king. Thanks, Duke. I'll make you my right-hand man. Run. Run for your life. He comes. He eats the rough men. What's the matter? Big lizard monster. Eat men. Run for your lives. Come. Give me my signal gun. If that thing gets close enough, I'll shoot him. No. No shooting plan. Here go. <laughs> Good work, Your Majesty. You have blinded him. There he goes. I don't think you'll ever be bothered by him again, Zook. Oh, King. Me and my tribe fight for you always. Fine. With the cavemen and the hawkmen, I'll conquer my kingdom. Flash Gordon leads his army of cliffmen and hawkmen into the immense caves which make up his kingdom. After progressing for a long time without seeing a living thing, he decides to take Dale and go on a scouting expedition. Walking through a cave of terrifying beauty, the two Americans are suddenly surprised by a band of lizard men. They drop from all sides, hurling stones. Flash is knocked out, and Dale's signal gun shrieks its sirens as she fires bolt after bolt at the charging man-beast. Back on the plane, Captain Khan and Zug leap to their feet as the wailing of Dale's signal gun reaches their ears. 
With a dashing fearless Captain Khan at their head, the squad of Hawkmen come to the rescue. Dale! Dale! What has happened to His Majesty? Lizard men, they attacked us and knocked Flash out. I fought them off, but they took Flash and escaped through that crevice. Like blocked with a huge stone. Men, bring that quick firing gun into position. There. This way, Dale. Let us find His Majesty. Look! Blood! That means King Flash came this way. Lizard men don't bleed. This passage seems blocked up. We'll have to use the nitro gun. Wait. Let me squeeze through that opening. Right. How is it, Dale? Can you see the end? Not yet. Now? I'm stuck, but I can see light ahead. Dale? Yes, darling. You're alive. I'm so glad. They'll have to get the cannon. I can't fudge this stone. Can you reach my signal gun? Yes, I've got it. Thanks, Dale. Quiet. Here come the lizard men after them. In the meantime, in the castle of Azora, the witch queen of the blue magic men, Saul, the chief magician, calls the queen's attention to something he sees in the magic glass. Here, look, O queen. Strangers to my cave. Fighting with the lizard men. See, they have blown down the stone and have conquered their opponents. They are free. They are coming this way. What a handsome blonde leader. Saul, we must go to welcome him. What's that, Tom? Why, the earth is trembling. The walls are shaking. Look, the soldiers and Brooke and the cavemen. They're bedded under an avalanche of stones. That weird light. What does it mean? Look, in the midst of the lurid flames, a woman. Greetings, strangers. Who are you? Bend the knee, oh strangers. You are face to face with Azora, queen of the blue magic men. A queen? I am King Flash. I bend my knee to no one, man or woman. So? Make him bow to me, Carl. Poison gas. He's he's strangling us. Dale. Don't worry, Dale. I'm... Your spell is on them, O Queen. See, they sink to the ground unconscious from the sleep gas. Yours is the power to bring them back, Carl. He's a fool. He thinks he can pit his muscle against sleep gas. Have them carried to the gravity sled. We return to the castle. Well, Queen Azora, here are the three strangers laid out before you, still in deep slumber, from which only you have the power to bring them back. What is your pleasure? Ah, he... He is so handsome, so big, so strong. Carl, use the full motor. Bring this one back to life. There. His eyelids quiver. A shudder runs through his body. The blonde youth is coming back to us. Oh. Oh. Don't, don't worry, Dale. I'm with you. I'm with you. Where am I? Oh, you. Yes. Are you so displeased with my appearance? Am I not beautiful to look upon? Dale. Save your breath. She cannot hear you. She cannot answer you. She is dead. No. Dale, you... You witch. You killed her. Yes, I killed her. You stand there and admit it. Why, I'll... Stop. I killed her as I killed you and your other companion. And I can bring her back as I brought you back to life. Then do it. At once. You are young and full of life. It would be a pity to put such a fine specimen of manhood to death. What are you talking about? One of you must die. Which shall it be? You or the girl? You know there's only one answer to that. Ah, <laughs> the brave youth wishes to make a supreme sacrifice. Very noble, but very foolish. I've changed my mind. You shall live for me. And Dale, what will happen to her? If you promise to obey me forever, I will bring her back to life. Then I agree to your terms. Shall we seal our bargain with a drink? Very well. Carl? Queen? Take this cup, stranger. Drink to our love, fair-haired youth. <coughs> you... You drugged me. Yes. And now you are truly mine forever. I can't even remember. Where am I? Who are you? Who am I? Ah, do not worry, my soldier prince. 
I am your queen, Azura. Azura? Queer, I, I can't remember who I am. I had something I had something to do. I had to save somebody. Sit back and relax. I must have been struck on the head during a battle. Forgive me for being so foggy. Oh, you are forgiven, my prince. Come with me. My mind is a blank as to my past. You mean you have forgotten everything? Even our love? All I know is that you are the most gorgeous woman I have ever seen. Ah, and that is what I have been waiting to hear you say. Listen, my handsome prince. I wish to test you. Look at those two figures suspended there. Do you know them? Man and a girl. Beautiful girl, too. I never saw them before in my life. Should I recognize them? Have I ever met them? One more test. Hold the pull motor. Bring that man back to life. He is coming back, O oh Queen. Hmm. Why? Your Majesty. Where is Dale? Dale? Your Majesty? What are you talking about? You must be ill, Your Majesty. Don't you know me? Khan of the Hawkman. Azura. What's the man raving about? He is a war prisoner of ours. Crazy from wounds. Oh, then I quite understand. I forgive him. I am glad you are loyal to me, my queen. I always will be, my beautiful queen. Flash, Flash, listen to me. Quiet. Lie back, you. I warn you, it will take a thousand magic men to keep me in chains. Oh. I think not. <laughs> God! Find him with the electric manacles. Why, you, you. Silence, dog. I warn you, if you disobey, these manacles will become red hot and steal you to the bone. Take him to the kitchen. Oh, you got to Flash! And now for the girl. Flash, Flash, where are you? You shall see him. Get up. Come this way. Where am I? You are in the palace of Azura, queen of the magic men. When I draw these curtains, you shall see your lover in the arms of his queen, Azura. Oh, Flash. How could you? Listen. Your kingdom is very beautiful, my darling. I think I would enjoy the sight of food more. I'm starved. Ah, forgive me, my prince. I was so interested in showing you the beauty of my palace, I'd forgotten about food. Come to the dining room. Oh, cook! Some food! Now, strange girl, come with me to the kitchen. You shall serve them. Saul takes Dale to the kitchen of the palace where she joins Khan, who is helping prepare the food. Oh, Dale, you're safe. Yes, Captain John. And I'm glad to find you safe, too. But Flash... Yes. Oh, Captain John, what has caused Flash to change so? I do not know. But he seems to be under some kind of spell. This queen is indeed a witch. What are you two whispering about? Get to work. No, I won't. I won't do anything for her. You dare to rebel? And take this... Magnetic whip! Stop! Give me that whip or I'll break your neck. Burn him! Oh, come! They'll kill you! Tell them you'll obey! For your sake, Dale, I surrender. I will obey. Good. Now, girl, take this plate of food into the queen and her new prince. Here, I will help you with the tray, Dale. One piece of this acid on the food, and all of your magic won't save her. There. Now then, can you carry it? Yes. I shall take it in now. Ah, here comes the food. There's my prince. Her. The flash. Ah, I... Oh, you clumsy fool. Oh, don't you love me anymore, Flash? Love you? Well, I don't even know you, girl. I will teach this unruly and clumsy servant girl obedience. God, give her the whip. What will happen to Dale Arden, held in the clutches of the cruel witch queen Azura? See for yourself in full-colored pictures the terrifying situation that faces our friends. You'll find these pictures in next Sunday's Comic Weekly, which is distributed with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. And besides Flash Gordon, you will find all the other friends waiting to entertain you, bringing up Father, the Little King, Barney Google, good old Skippy, 
Jungle Jim, Polly and her pals, the Cats and Jammer Kids, Toots and Casper, Way Out West, Tilly the Toiler, Mickey Mouse, and many others. Be sure you get the big, full-colored comic weekly with your Hearst newspaper next Sunday. And don't forget our date next week at this same time for another chapter in the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. These thrilling adventures come to you as they are pictured each Sunday in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest pictorial supplement of humor and adventure. The big Comic Weekly, each page printed in full colors, is distributed everywhere as an integral part of your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Last week, you may remember Flash and Dale and Khan, captain of the Hawkmen, flew in a rocket ship to the yawning mouth of Kira, the wild and forbidding cave world. While they were escaping from a fierce band of lizard men who attacked them during a scouting expedition, they were seen by Tall, the chief magician of the Blue Magic Men. Tall hurried with the news to his beautiful queen, Azura, who, attracted by Flash's blonde hair and wonderful physique, decided to get acquainted with him. By means of magic sleep gas, Azura captured the three friends. Then she gave Flash lithium, the drug of forgetfulness, so that he could not remember who he was or what had happened. And then Azura caused Flash to fall in love with her. At first, Dale and Khan misunderstood Flash's failure to recognize them. Later, they realized it must be some of Azura's magic and attempted to poison her. But the plot failed when the queen ordered Dale to serve Flash first. To save her sweetheart, Dale dropped the tray, spilling the poison food. And Azura, furious at the apparent clumsiness, ordered her punished. Now we continue the story. Back in the kingdom of the Hawkmen, King Voltan and Dr. Zarkov are talking together. Ah, Prince Zarkov, the palace seems empty since that pretty little bird flew away with Flash Gordon. Yes, Voltan, it does. I miss Flash and Dale also. But I suppose we shall never hear from them again. Not until he has conquered his kingdom of the caves and put it in running order. With Captain Khan to help him, that should not take long. He is an excellent soldier. Yes, I should hate to lose him. How are your newest inventions coming along, by the way, Zarkov? Splendidly, splendidly. I cannot thank you enough for the wonderful apparatus and laboratory you have turned over to me. It is... It is an inventor's paradise. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. An inventor's paradise. Well, what is the latest creation of your great brain? It is... A... I beg your pardon, Voltan, but I dare not speak of it until I have tested it thoroughly. There must be no mistake, no flaw, when I give it to the kingdom. Oh, of course, of course. I like your passion for being precise, Zarkov. Someone is trying to get you on the space phone. Answer, Zarkov. At once, Voltan. This is Zarkov speaking. What? Where? Who is it, Zarkov? One of Khan's lieutenants. I can't hear you. You what? Hold on. King Flash and Dale and Khan are captured by Azura, Queen of the Blue Magic Men. The lieutenant wants help. Tell him aid shall be sent at once. Find out his exact position. Huldan says he will send aid at once. What is your exact position? Tell him you will be in charge of the men. Yes? Yes? I have just been told I am to be in charge of the relief expedition. I shall start... Within the hour. Within the hour. In the kitchen.
kitchens of the Palace of Azura, queen of the ma- blue magic men, we find Dale and Khan. Come on, I'll move along that. Cheer up, Princess Dale. I can't be cheerful the way things are, Captain Khan. If only Azura hadn't asked me to save the food to Flash first. Well, she did. So there's nothing to be done about it. It wasn't your fault, Princess. It was the fate of the gods. I'm glad to hear that way about it, Khan. We must figure out a way to foil her magical power. Stop your whispering. Stir that soup. At once, guards. Carry that over here. Come on now. I don't see how I can help you to spoil the queen. She's had me chained to the stove as punishment. Now I can't even see Flash anymore. Yes, you can, Princess. How? The chain on your manacles will permit you to walk to the end of the galley stove there. From that point, you can look out the grilled window into the garden. No doubt Flash will sometimes walk by. With the queen? Yes, I'm afraid Azura will be with him. She seems to have claimed him as her own personal property. Khan? Yes, Princess? You don't think that Flash has really fallen in love with her? By my sword, I swear King Flash is bewitched. He doesn't know where he is or what he's doing. I know he wasn't pretending when he failed to recognize me. What makes you so sure? His eyes had a dull and glassy look. Why, yes. I remember. I saw that, too. When he looked at me, it was as though he looked through me instead of at me. If only I could reach my men. If there are any left. I don't know what happened after Azura broke that gas bomb in our faces. Captain Khan. Yes? If you obey all the guards' orders, they may put you on parole or something. That may give you the freedom of the palace. An excellent idea. Excellent. Thank you, Princess. Thank you. I will be the most obedient slave in the kitchen and see if that will earn me some privileges. I will obey, too. Oh, Captain Khan, we must do something to save Flash and that wicked woman. Do not worry, Princess. We will find a way somehow. Here you Carry that kettle over to the table. Certainly, guard. Uh, let me take this one also. Huh? Meanwhile, roaring through space in a fleet of rocket ships with Prince Zarkov in command, an army of hawkmen are hurrying on their way to aid our friends. Suddenly, there looms up in front of them a whole squadron of cloudmen with huge, billowing cloaks. Joining hands and spreading the cloaks, the cloudmen form an opaque and impenetrable wall before the rocket ships. The hawkmen try to maneuver above them, but they rise at the same speed. Then the hawkmen try to fly below them, but they drop like lightning and present their solid barrier. Wheeling the fleet around, Zarkov signals for the Dissalvo guns mounted on the nose of each rocket ship to start firing. Shot after shot is fired at the white billows until the path of the Hawkmen has been cleared. Then Zarkov signals for double speed ahead to make up for lost time. At the same time in the Palace of Azura, Flash is entertained by the Queen. That gold armor isn't worthy of you, my prince. I must see to it that my armor and make something more fitting. My beautiful Azura, is but a symbol of your service. Even if it were made of the most precious and rare metals to be obtained and studded with jewels, my loyalty to you and your cause could not be greater. You do love me, don't you, Flash? I know of no one in the past, present, or even the future for whom I have felt such a deep love, my gorgeous queen. No one, my handsome prince? No one. It is you and you alone I love. It is sweet. Very sweet to hear you speak those words. As long as you do and mean them, I will reward you well. To be with you, to be allowed to serve and love you is all the reward I desire, my darling. (laughs) I shall have to think of some special privilege for that pretty speech. Then let me kiss your hand. Here, my prince. Fair hand. So delicate, so shapely. Ah, how many men have lost their hearts and heads trying to gain you. (laughs) Flatterer. I only speak from my own reactions, Azura. I know that I should be willing to risk everything to win you for myself. We shall see. We shall see. Flash, I must give some orders to the servants. Go out into the garden and wait for me. I will join you presently. Your slightest wish is a command, my beautiful one. Flash! Flash! Eh? Who's calling me? It's Dale. Dale Arden. Oh, oh, there you are. I see you now. There in that grilled window. What are you doing there, girl? I'm a prisoner here, Flash. Ever since I dropped that tray of food. Oh, yes. I, I wondered where I'd seen you. You you tripped, and Azura ordered you punished. He has had me chained to the galley stove. My chain just reaches to this window. Are you all right, Flash? Am I all right? 
<laughs> of course I am. Why shouldn't I be? Did you think Azora had punished me for something, too? No. I just wanted to know how you are. Well, that's very kind of you, girl. And since you've taken such an interest in my welfare, I'll take an interest in yours. How can you? You're too young and pretty to be made a prisoner in the kitchen. I'll ask Azora to free you. Oh, no, you mustn't. Mustn't? Who says so? I shall ask Azora at once. Oh, no, Flash. You mustn't. On and on roar the rocket ships of the Hawkmen into the yawning mouth of Kira, through the caverns of the cliff dwellers, through the caves of living, man-eating plants. And finally they come into the enormous transparent cave where the handfuls of survivors from Khan's squadron are waiting. The fleet lands and Prince Zarkov is the first to get out. The lieutenant who called for aid on the space phone comes up to him. Well, what is the latest news, Lieutenant? We were afraid something had happened to you, Prince Zarkov. We were delayed in a skirmish with the cloudmen. What is the latest report on the fate of my friends? We don't know what happened to them. After the blue magic men captured King Flash and Princess Dale and our captain, they blasted the tunnel leading to their land, killing most of our men. Is there any chance that Flash and his companions are still alive? Who knows? That is a land of magic. I have brought a battery of ray cannons with us. We will blast our way to my friends. <laughs> Unaware of their impending danger, Azura and Tal confer in the palace of the Blue Magic Men. You understand, Tal? Oh, perfectly, Your Majesty. There is nothing too good in my whole kingdom for my new prince. His every wish shall be obeyed, O Queen. His slightest whim fulfilled. I do not know what I shall do with his companions. They are a problem. I do not want them around, and yet I, I cannot execute them. If the lithium should wear off and Flash discovered what I had done... Azora! Azora! Where are you? Flash. I told him I would only be a minute. The dear boy is so mad about me, he cannot bear to have me out of his sight. Azora! Azora! Open the door, Tor. At once, old queen. Here I am, Flash. Azora, will you do... Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't know you were still busy. How? How? Come quickly! I, I am summoned, Your Majesty... Have I your permission? Yes, Carl. Go. Uh, your Majesty. Well, Flash, were you lonely without me? Is that why you came calling for me? Azora, you're good and kind. This sounds like a man who has a favor to ask. I have, my queen. Ask it. It shall be granted. Thank you, Azora. I knew you were kind and good. She will be so grateful. She? Who? The girl who tripped while serving up food the other night. Dale. Was the favor you asked for her? Yes. She called to me from a window of the kitchens and told me she was chained to the galley stove. Well? <laughs> I promised to ask you to free her, and you have. Wait. I thought the favor was for yourself, Flash, not one of my prisoners. Well, there's nothing I need for myself, Azura, and the girl is too young and too pretty to deserve such a fate. I thought you just and kind. Do not cause me to change my mind. You make it hard for me, Flash. I've never freed a prisoner in my life. I... Your Majesty... What does this unceremonious sentence mean, Carl? I did not send for you. I humbly crave your pardon, Your Majesty, but I have news of the most extreme urgency. Speak, then. Our land is being invaded by the Hawkmen. Hawkmen? We must go forth to war. The army must be called out. I will press the signal. To lead your men into battle, old queen. Of course. I must appoint someone to head the army. Will you lead our men into battle, Flash? Your Majesty. Serving as your commander in chief would be a pleasure, my queen. Your Majesty puts this stranger over me. Let her beware. What will happen when Flash leads Queen Azura's magic men against the gallant Hawkmen? Follow the adventures of Flash Gordon in next Sunday's Comic Weekly, the world's greatest collection of humor and adventure. You will find it with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. See for yourself in full-colored pictures Flash Gordon, Queen Azura, Powell, her chief magician, 
and all the other characters you have just heard. Then, of course, you'll want to see Skippy, the Captain Yammer Kids, Jungle Jim, bringing up Father and the Little King. You will find them waiting for you in next Sunday's Comic Weekly, the only Comic Weekly. Be sure and get the big, full-colored Comic Weekly with your Hearst newspaper next Sunday. And don't forget to listen again next week at the same time to another chapter in the amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. Buck Rogers first aired in 1932 as a 15-minute serial adventure and became one of the first hit children's programs on the radio. This radio program was based on the hit newspaper strip of Buck Rogers. Buck is a 20th century man caught in a mine and wakes up in the 25th century. He joins up with the lovely Wilma Deering and the scientific Dr. Hewer. For those who remember the 70s TV show, luckily there is no Tweaky the talking robot. The villain is Killer Kane. Other characters include Ardella Valmar, who is evil, and Black Barney, who is good. As a pioneering children's show, the pro- program went through several changes. It started in 1932 as a 15-minute serial. The show went off the air in 1936, but came back in 1939 on a three-times-a-week schedule. But then in 1940, it was only on on Saturdays in a half-hour format. The show ended in 1947. That's when Buck finally catches Killer Kane and the ultimate battle commences, and the final fight takes almost the entire episode. Since we don't have all that many episodes of Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon, the comic web has combined them into one product, a CD, even though the two programs don't have any actual relationship or partnership. Flash Gordon, the amazing adventures of Flash Gordon radio program started in 1935 based on the hit newspaper comic strip. Flash is the great all-American star athlete who gets shanghaied into an interstellar trip with the beautiful Dale Arden and Dr. Zarkov. And you should disregard any resemblance to Buck Rogers with the beautiful Wilma Deering and Dr. Hewer. We're sure it's just a coincidence. They fly through space to the idyllic planet of Mongo, except for Mongo's cruel tyrant, Ming the Merciless. The last episode of Flash Gordon, which sadly we do not have, has Flash meeting up with Jungle Jim. Another coincidence is that Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon are both properties owned by Hearst. Both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers have remained in American pop culture. There have been cheesy movie serials, comic books, radio programs, cartoons, movies, toys, and more. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.